Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor Study. Can I tell you my new pet peeve at church? You're in church, the worship service has started, maybe they're singing the hymn or they're having the prayer time and you look up and here three or four people are texting on their iPhone. <laughs> Turn the world off. We're going to look at the very famous story of Mary and Martha today and the main thing Jesus is going to teach us is turn the world off and listen to me. I mean, my prayer lately for myself has been, Lord, help me be balanced with all this internet and entertainment we have in our world. And what I do, I don't even take my phone into church anymore. You can turn it off and turn it on vibrate, but then you're like Pavlov's dog if it vibrates. I leave this thing in the car. So let us learn from Jesus how to slow down major in the majors and turn off the minors. Would you take out a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10, the famous story of Mary and Martha, and let's pray. Father, the way that iPhones and internet have just overtaken us, it's getting real unhealthy and it's squeezing out time with people, mainly it's squeezing out time with you. And Lord, we pray you would speak to us now Help us be Mary and not Martha in this story. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please open your Bible, Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Now as Jesus and the disciples were traveling along, Jesus entered a certain village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, Mary and Martha are Lazarus' sisters. Lazarus, in a few chapters, will be raised from the dead. So this will become a very famous family. And you're going to see Martha does not come off well in this story, but she does something real good in, ver in this verse. So here's the first lesson I want you to learn. Welcome Jesus into your house. It says Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. You know, there's some people that go to church, but they never welcome Jesus into their house. I remember visiting a parishioner once. Here was his Bible over here, and not too far from his Bible was Playboy magazine. I'm thinking, what? You know, I've said before about this man who confessed, well, yes, I looked at pornography this week, but I repented. And, and okay, but you threw the pornography away. Oh, no, no, it gets too expensive if I do that. No, no, you throw it away. If Jesus walked into your house, would you have to hide something? Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. I'll tell you what does my heart good. I'll walk into somebody's house and they'll have a cross on the wall or they'll have a picture of Jesus up or there'll be the Bible open on their couch or they'll have a Christian music playing. 
Welcome Jesus into your house. Let me show you what I found at a garage sale. <laughs> this is the very picture I grew up with in my house. When I was a little boy, mom and dad put this picture at the top of the stairs. And every night as I walked to the bedroom, I had to stare Jesus in the face. That was good for me. So the first lesson, the only positive lesson we're going to learn from Martha in this story is welcome Jesus into your house. Look at verse 41, excuse me, 39. And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the Lord's word, seated at his feet. Now, this is not Mary, the mother of Christ. This is not Mary Magdalene. There are six different Marys in the New Testament. And then verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Literally in the Greek, Martha was pulled away by all her distractions. Here's the, the next lesson. Let nothing pull you away from sitting at the Lord's feet. May nothing pull you away from being Mary seated at Christ's feet. Hudson Taylor was born in 1832. He was a medical doctor. He felt the call of God to leave England and start the China Inland Mission. He spent many years preaching the gospel in China, but his life was full of hardship. And one of his greatest uh, hardships in China was making time to spend alone with God. And Hudson Taylor is the one who said, when it comes to prayer, Satan will always find you something else to do if only adjusting a window shade. So my question for you is, are you Mary or Martha? Are you busy running all over the place like Martha? Or do you take time regularly to sit at the Lord's feet? Do you have a regular prayer time? Do you have a regular time you read the Bible? Do you go to church every Sunday to sit at the Lord's feet? Are you doing something to listen to the Lord? The lesson from this, let nothing pull you away from that. All of hell will try to pull you away from sitting at Jesus' feet. Your, your sister Martha will try to make you get up and leave Jesus' feet. Let nothing pull you away. Now we look at verse 40. Martha will not come off very well here. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. All right. Now we see three negative lessons from Martha. Number one, it says she was pulled away with all her serving. Here's the first lesson, negative lesson from Martha. My need to hear Jesus is vastly greater than his need to be served by me. Let me repeat that. My need to hear Jesus is vastly greater than his need to be served by me. I mean, I can, I can be running around doing all kinds of things, even good things, but if I haven't sat at his feet first and let him spiritually feed me, I'm not helping people. You know what it says in Hebrews 13? Listen to this. Hebrews 13. Obey your church leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them, your pastors and church leaders, do this, serve you, with joy and not with grief, for this would be of no profit to you. Did you catch that? If I'm your pastor and I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm doing it out of grief and not out of joy, 
I'm not profiting you at all. So, in other words, slow down. Make sure you're sitting at Jesus' feet, praying, hearing him through the scriptures before you run out the door, or you'll be of no value to anyone. George Mueller was born in 1805, died 1898, lived to be 93. He was born in Germany, moved to England, was a great preacher, founded an orphanage of 2,000 orphans. When he was 70 years old, he left the orphanage in the hands of his daughter and son-in-law, and for the next 17 years, he and his wife, or what was it, 13 years? No, for the next 17 years, he and his wife traveled all over the world preaching the gospel. But there was a day he learned to be Mary instead of Martha. And I want to read this from his um, diary. While staying at Nailsworth, England, it pleased the Lord to teach me a truth. I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. For I might seek to reach the unconverted, I might seek to benefit believers and relieve the distressed, and yet, not being happy in the Lord and nourished, all this might not be attended to in the right spirit. Now I saw that the most important thing I had to do was to give myself in the morning to the reading of the Bible and to meditation on it, and thus my heart might be comforted. The result I have found to be almost invariably this, that after a very few minutes of Bible reading, my soul has been led to confession, or to thanksgiving, or to intercession, or to supplication. And though I did not, as it were, give myself to prayer, but to Bible reading, yet it turned almost immediately more or less into prayer. I then go on to the next verse, and turning it all as I go into prayer for myself and others. The result of this is that my inner man almost invariably is nourished and strengthened, and that by breakfast time, with rare exceptions, I am peaceful, if not happy, in heart. And it's said that in 68 years, Mueller read the Bible through more than a hundred times. But did you notice how he read the Bible? He'd read a verse and then he'd pray it. And he'd read another verse and then he'd pray it. And, he'd, and, and the, the point, though, of all this is this. <clears throat> Make sure when you're serving God, you're serving him well-nourished like Mary, not without eating first yourself like Martha. Um, you know you're on the plane and the oxygen mask instructions. If the oxygen mask descends, put it on yourself first and then on your child. And that might sound selfish, but it's not because you can't help your child if you're dead. <laughs> so the point is, first get nourished yourself and then you'll be able to help other people. Second lesson from type A Martha, it says in verse 40, Lord, don't you care? Here's the next lesson. Anxiety shows you don't believe God cares. Jesus, don't you care? I have to do all this work by myself. And Martha, Mary is just sitting there. So, okay, I guess I'll do it all myself. Uh, the lesson is, if you're anxious, you are showing that you don't think God cares for you. I went to a pastor's prayer summit, and for the whole weekend, all we did was pray. And near the end of the weekend, this pastor said, I have to confess a sin to you all. 
I work every day. I go into the office at church every day. I don't take my day off, and I'm irritable, and I'm cranky, and I'm stressed out. And he said, what I've learned from this retreat is, God, you can run the universe without me. You can run my church without me. And he said, I've learned I'm going to have to start taking my day off. You know, if some young pastor asks me for advice, I tell him two things. Number one, observe your Sabbath. Take one full day off a week and don't work. And then I tell them number two is what an old white-haired pastor told me when I was a young pastor. He said to me, Tom, you need one hour alone with the Lord every day or you'll burn out. If you're anxious, it shows that you don't think God can take care of things. A third lesson from type A Martha. In verse 40 she says, Jesus, tell her to help me. She's being critical of her sister here. Here's the next lesson from Martha. Beware of a critical spirit when serving. You know, they say 10% of the people at church do 90% of the work. <laughs> And I think that's been true at every church I have served. You've got a handful of people in the church that do almost all the work. And it's very easy for the 10 percenters to get critical of the 90 percenters and say, why don't you do something at this church? But I think what I'm learning here is, listen, God can take care of those 90 percent of people that don't do much. Your job, Christian, is to serve the Lord. Don't look at them. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Because if you don't serve with the right spirit, you don't profit anyone. Remember, that's from Hebrews 13. If you do all this without the right joy, you're not going to profit anyone. Verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. Here's the next lesson. Slow down major in the majors. Martha's problem, she was majoring in the minors. And I think Jesus' point here is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich would be fine. I don't need a five-course meal. Martha, sit down with your sister Mary and listen to my teaching. Major in the majors and put down the minors. And you know, I, I will say, Martha comes off looking pretty dumb in this story. But Christian, isn't this all of us? We run around doing this and that and this and that, and we miss our time with the creator of the universe? Isn't that dumb? <laughs> Jesus has a word for every Martha watching this show. Turn off the world, slow down, and spend time at my feet. Look at verse 42. You're worried about many things, but only one thing is needful. Now, look at that verse, and here's the next lesson. What is the one thing that is needful in that verse? The answer is sitting at Jesus' feet. That's the priority in life. Well, it, it, is that all I do? I just read my Bible and pray? No, but it's the one thing needful in the sense that it's the fountain from which everything else flows. Yes, you need to get out there and serve the Lord and, and do the, the work of the kingdom, but not without sitting at his feet first and being nourished. In ver verse 42, one thing is needful. 
Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now look at verse 42 and answer this question. How did Mary get the good portion? The answer is, she chose it. She had to choose to major in the majors. You know, if you're going to have time with God be the priority in your life, you're going to have to choose that. The Bible will not automatically fall into your lap. Um, the alarm won't go off automatically an hour early for you to pray. If you're going to make a priority of spending time alone with God, that's not going to happen unless you choose it. Mary had to choose the good part to get it. St. Francis of Assisi was born in 1181. He was a wealthy Christian. But it got to the point, a famous story, where he, as a young man, gave all his wealth away so he could center in, majoring in the major thing in life. Became a humble monk, and my, did God use St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> but he had to choose to do that. I mean, there are so many things in life you can do. You can major in the minors and go here and there and buy this and that. And you can just spend all your life majoring in the minors. But if you're going to major in the majors, you're going to have to choose that. So my question for you is, are you willing to make a major lifestyle change to spend time in the major instead of all the minors? Hudson Taylor that missionary to China that I referred to earlier. His biographer wrote this of Hudson Taylor. Well do the writers remember traveling with Taylor month after month in northern China by ox cart and wheelbarrow, with the poorest of inns at night, often with only one large room for servants and travelers alike. They would screen off a corner for their father and another for themselves with curtains of some sort and then after sleep at last had brought a measure of quiet, they would hear the strike of a match and see the flicker of a candle which told them that Mr. Taylor, however weary, was poring over his little Bible. From 2 to 4 a.m. was the time he usually gave to prayer, the time when he knew he would be undisturbed. That flicker of candlelight has meant more to them than all they have read or heard about secret prayer. It meant reality, not preaching, but practice. Mary had to choose to sit at the Lord's feet. Hudson Taylor had to choose to get time alone with God. And the only way you're going to have the major thing in life be major is if you make a choice. So may I offer some advice now. <laughs> Turn off the internet. Turn off the TV set. And this week and the rest of your life, sit at Jesus' feet Make alone time, praying to the Lord, reading your Bible. Make that the priority in your life. You know, I will tell you, now and then you'll hear a preacher preach on this text from Luke 10, Mary and Martha. And sometimes the preacher says this. Well, we need both Marys and Marthas in our church. We need Marys to sit at the Jesus' feet. And we need Marthas to be busy around the church doing the work of the kingdom. When I hear that, I'm thinking, raw. The point of this story is everybody needs to be merry, sitting at Jesus' feet before you go out and try to serve the Lord. Uh, Billy Graham was asked, as you look back on your many years of ministry, is there anything you'd change? And he said, yes, more time in prayer.
You know, when you walk through a, a graveyard and you read the epitaphs, I've never seen a gravestone that says, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. <laughs> you don't read that. Billy Graham, listen, uh, Hudson Taylor, Mary would all tell you, put alone time with God as your priority and choose to turn off the world. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. Pastor Brock, what do you think today's biggest competitors are for people? You mentioned TV and yeah. things. You know, Jackie, uh, and I'm as addicted as anybody, so I, I, I'm praying for this. I have never seen any single invention change the world in my lifetime like the Internet and cell phones. Okay, well, yeah. let's talk about the Internet. Yeah. Is it a blessing or is it a curse? Well, I will tell you this. Um, it can be a blessing. For instance, if people don't have on your iPhone, it's free, the app called Bible.is. When I can't sleep, Jackie, I push my Bible.is app on my iPhone and it reads the Bible to me. That's a blessing. So there, I, yeah, and I don't, I don't need, you know, Jackie, I don't need my Bible concordance anymore. I just speak into my phone, blessed are the peacemakers, for they, you know, and it'll tell me the verse. So I don't even need my, so it, it can be a blessing. But Jackie, when you're in a restaurant and you look at the next table and there's six teenagers there and they're not talking, they're all looking at their iPhone, that's, something's wrong about that. You know, we're, we're, we're killing our relationships with others. We're killing our relationship with God. So I think, yes, entertainment, TV, is a huge competitor for time with God. Uh, the other big competitor for time alone with God is the Internet. And I, I encourage you to do this. I've been praying this for me. Lord, help me be balanced and not spend too much time in that stuff today. What, what would be your advice on how to develop that quiet time to yeah. get alone and to you know, again, I'm going to quote old Pastor Maynard Force, whom you knew, the old white-haired Lutheran pastor. When I was young, I came to Hope Lutheran, and he was the, one of the pastors. And, and you had hair then, too. And I had hair. <laughs> Maynard had white hair. But Maynard said to me, Tom, you need one hour alone with the Lord every day. And he said, you can use that hour to pray, to read your Bible. I sometimes take out my guitar and I sing to the Lord. But uh, Jackie, I don't get a full hour every day, but I get it a lot. And he said to me, you need to do that, Tom, or you'll burn out. And that advice is not just for pastors. I think every Christian needs a quiet time. For me, it's in the morning. If I don't do it in the morning, I kind of don't do it. But if I can get my hour in in the morning with the Lord, uh, that feeds me for the rest of the day. You know, Tom, when you talked about cell phones, I was just thinking I have two small grandchildren. They both have toy cell phones. Oh, I know. And I mean, it's, it's sad that we're yeah, starting kids it, out with that kind of a toy. No even. kidding. <laughs> and the other problem, Jackie, all those cell phones, unless the parents are tech savvy, all those cell phones for kids can access hardcore pornography. I have a friend who looked at his daughter's, his daughter was eight years old. She had watched hardcore pornography for three hours. And he said, I, he said, I don't think my eight-year-old daughter is perverted or anything. I think that she's just curious. Do you think that's going to destroy this generation? Wow. Yeah. 
You know, you showed the picture of Jesus that you said was hanging in your house. Mm -hmm. Is it a good idea to have a picture of Jesus in your house? Um, Some people think that that's kind of hanging like a graven image or something. Yeah, and you know, there were, during the Protestant Reformation, we're celebrating the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther's Protestant Reformation when he nailed the theses on the door of the church. There were some kind of extremists that that they were called iconoclasts, and they would go into cathedrals and and destroy all the pictures and all the statues, claiming uh, this is the first commandment, you shall not make a graven image. I don't think that's what that, I think that we don't worship a golden calf is what that means. And yes, we don't worship statues. That doesn't mean you can't have a statue up. I have pictures of Jesus up in my house. Now, did Jesus look exactly like that picture I held up? No, that's the blue-eyed, blonde, sweetest Jesus. He didn't look like that. He looked like a Jew from Palestine. But so, no, of course he doesn't look like the pictures, but it's a good reminder for me. I had to look at that every night by Jackie, walking up the stairs, going to bed. I think that was good for me. So I don't think anything's wrong with having a picture of Jesus in your house. Well, I think sometimes it's a reminder if you yeah. haven't been giving him yeah. enough time to. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes when you're praying, though, I, I mean, I think of something else that I have to do, and I get up and do that and yeah. stop. Yeah. How can I break that? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I, I like to now get on my knees and pray next to my bed. It helps me focus. But like Martha saying, Jesus, make her get up, the devil will say, well, shouldn't you be doing this right now? Or if you don't do it right now, you're going to forget. So you know what I do sometimes? I put a little pad of paper and a pen on my bed. So if that thought comes in my head, you've got to get up, I write it down. And then I know I can do it in an hour. So I just don't get overwhelmed by all the stuff I have to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if a person gets caught up in all these minor things, is there any practical advice that you would give them to make them major in the majors? Yeah, yeah. if somebody says, I don't have time to pray, I would say, well, then I, I have an experiment for you to do for 24 hours. Don't watch TV for 24 hours and don't check your internet for 24 hours. You will find you have all kinds of time. So again, if we're gonna put God as the priority and have real quiet time with the Lord, we're gonna have to make some major life adjustments, but they're worth it. You're peaceful Mary instead of frantic Martha. Yeah. Well, we've only got a half a minute left, Pastor Brock, but you know, we wanna thank you viewers Mm -hmm. that make this show possible because without the audience out there that's encouraging as well as giving us financial support, we wouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And so we just wanna say that we pray that God would be with each and every one of you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.